What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode six of the Beer Barrel Podcast. I'm your host, Normal Volfan, and I'm actually joined by the co-host, Kentucky Calvary, Mr. Busy Man. But he's finally back, and today we're going to talk about our bold predictions for Tennessee and Kentucky, and some of the you know our fences, our our guesses for, well, our predictions for our offensive stats this year, and maybe some defensive, and we're going to you know talk other things related to Tennessee and Kentucky. But uh, Kentucky Calvary, he's back, and yeah, uh, yeah man, be happier to have you. Oh, I'm glad to be back. I didn't mean to be gone for so long. It was kind of a hectic week at work, picked up some extra shifts and stuff. So I hadn't really had the free time to uh, pop back in here, but definitely glad to be back in here talking some Kentucky and Tennessee once again. So uh, happy to be back. Well, man, let's get right into it. Uh, I seen your tweet. You just posted about an hour ago. Um, let's talk about uh, the quarterback position. What What are you thinking on Devin Leary's side? What are you predicting he how he does and – how many yards, touchdowns, interceptions, you know, what kind of year does he have? Well, I mean, a lot of the early reports out of camp have been nothing but positive about him. Um, you know, with Will Levis, there was kind of always the concern with accuracy and stuff. But like Devin Leary has spent his whole career being extremely accurate. Like that's kind of the, his thing is he's great at reading the defense. He's great at finding the open guy. He doesn't lock in on one receiver. Like if one guy is covered, he's really good at finding another guy who might be open. Um, really good at going through his reads and all that. And in 2021 at NC State, you know, he didn't have the weapons he's going to have at UK this year. He didn't have Liam Cohen calling the plays. And he still put up like Heisman caliber numbers with 3,500 yards, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions. So we run the ball a little bit more than he probably did that year uh, at NC State in terms of like handing the ball off to our backfield. And, you know, we have a deep running back room. So I don't think he'll pass uh, 3,500 yards, but I got a 68 completion. 68% completion rating, 3,475 yards, so getting close. And then I have him replicating those 35 touchdowns and then seven interceptions uh, for him. I think he will he might throw a couple more than he did in 2021. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited for Leary. Like I said, he has not had the weapons. That, I mean, he didn't have a Barry on Brown or a Dane Key or a Davion Robinson. He didn't have the tight ends he's got here. And as long as our offensive line can just keep him healthy and keep him from getting hit, uh, you know, the combination of Leary's ability to read the defense and his football IQ combined with Liam Cohen's play calling. I just think he's going to have a great season. Yeah, I definitely don't doubt that. Um, you know, I think Leary is going to do really good this year. Like you said, though, Oh God, dude, if he gets hurt, your guy's season is over to be oh, honest. Over. Like yeah. if he gets and, hurt, we're done. Yeah. So and no one wants to see that happen. Like I, me, per, I'm a Tennessee fan. You know, I, I don't want to see that happen to a guy because I mean, dude's got the talent. I think he could do something. Maybe not be a Hall of Famer, but he could definitely do something in the in the NFL too. So you know, and you know, we'll cut right to it. Like even with my side, Joe Milton, the way I look at him this year is, you know, this is one of my bold predictions. Actually, um, I got Joe Milton throwing sixty seven percent. Um, with 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns, and four interceptions. I think, I think Heupel and Halsley really turn him around this year. I think he knows the offense really well. He's got so many targets to throw to. You know, you know the Heupel offense. I mean, it it's it just benefits a quarterback in general. Right. And Heupel really hasn't had a bad quarterback in his coaching career so that's why i say this is one of my bold predictions because i th i think if he does this 
I think he could be a Heisman finalist. And it's very possible with those stats. And it also depends on how Tennessee does. Because if Tennessee goes, you know, nine and three, probably not. But if if he could lead Tennessee to a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 season, I mean, I don't see why not. He couldn't be a Heisman finalist. I think the so. boldest prediction there is only four interceptions. I mean, I, I think Milton is going to be good, especially in that offense. And I think, you know, he, he spent so much time like adjusting to the college game. Uh, you know, him being in his fifth year, it's time, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, accuracy kind of has always been his issue. That's why I think the 67% is bold, and I think the four interceptions are bold. I mean, the others, like the yardage and the touchdowns, like that's most likely going to be accurate. But um, the funny thing, I think we mentioned this in the last pod, but like Milton is so comparable to Levis, in my opinion, just as a big QB who can run mm-hmm. the ball rocket launcher of an arm with accuracy issues like i think they're very similar as players but milton is going to benefit from having those weapons to throw to and having josh heupel's offense i think the big concern will be if y'all can protect him with that o-line yeah and that's another thing i'm like a lot of people say they're worried about the o-line i'm really i'm really not because i think like i like i said in the other pod john campbell on the left side i think he's gonna be fine i think as long as we could keep cooper mays healthy and uh, and I'm not saying anyone else can't hop in and be center, but Cooper Mays knows this offense more better than anyone on the team. And I think if, like you said, if we keep him protected, it's gonna be hard to beat Tennessee. But uh, anyways, I want to hop into the running backs. You guys got you know Ray Davis, and I'm kind of curious. What do you think uh, he's gonna do? What do you think your running backs gonna, running back room's gonna do? So in, in terms of the running back room, I mean that's one of the things under Mark Stoops that has never really been an issue. You know Benny Snell, Boom Williams, Chris Rodriguez. Uh, Jojo Kemp like we've had some great names in that running back room who have produced at a high level and I think that this year's Kentucky running back room while we don't have a superstar I don't think like we don't have a Benny Snell or a Chris Rodriguez I think as a room it's you know on par with some of the better ones we've had Ray Davis obviously the Vanderbilt transfer he's one of eight players ever to run for over a thousand yards at Vanderbilt um and he is the prototype mark stoops running back he's a bruiser but he's also kind of like he's more elusive and a little bit quicker than like snell and um rodriguez were so i think that that's going to be interesting to see you know kind of the the long runs he's going to be able to break that those guys really weren't able to but i got him going for 950 yards and 11 rushing touchdowns um and then in terms of our backup running back i think the second guy that's going to be getting the most touches on the ground will be ramon jefferson he won the fcs equivalent to the heisman at sam houston state and then last year he was supposed to be our backup running back towards acl on the first play of the season and um so I think he's going to recover from that ACL tear. He got uh, extended that one extra year because of the injury. I think he'll go for 520 yards and five rushing touchdowns as the backup. And then our running back three is Jaton McLean, who's our receiving threat out of the backfield. Um, I think he'll have 475 all-purpose yards. So that's running the ball and receiving the ball um, with four rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. He's also a great pass protector in the backfield as a, as a blocker. So I think those three guys are going to be great. Um, we have a fourth running back, Demi Sumo Karmbe from uh, NC State. He came over here with Devin Leary. He's really good and is going to probably be maybe our starter next year, um, but I don't think he'll play much this season just because we have so much depth in that room. Yeah, dude, I think Ray Davis is going to be such a good thing for you guys. Um, now, Ramon Jefferson, I think, is going to do even – 
I think he's going to get a little bit more than what you put. I think I could see him, and not much more, but I, I think he could break the 600, you know, yeah. mark the season. Um, but, yeah, man, your running back room is not bad at all. Not bad at all. And, you know, it's kind of sad to say, but, the you're, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee are so, like, they just mirror each other this year. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of weird. And yeah. I and I think, you know, going to that game coming, you know, to Lexington, like I think it's gonna be a really interesting game. And I know you you know, you say that and I'm not saying you guys can't beat us. Right. I'm not one of those fans. But, you know, obviously I'm gonna pick Tennessee to win because it's been a while, but you guys can definitely as long as Devin Leary is healthy by that game. You guys, you know, definitely have a shot. But, um, you know, talk about our running back room. I mean, everyone knows our running back room is really dangerous. Um, I think Jalen Wright's going to be the guy this year. I think Jalen Wright should be the guy. Also, I'll put it this way. But um, Jalen Wright, I have at same as actually Ray Davis. I think, I think Jalen Wright has potential to break a thousand yards this year because I think he should be the guy. He's he's got breakout speed. I think he's, and just from fall camp, we've been seeing that dude's looking to run people over too. He's not afraid to get hit, and he's 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 going for those yards. Um, I got him scoring eight touchdowns. Uh, I actually have him at two receiving touchdowns as well. Um, uh, but second, you know, you got Jabari Small. I mean, everyone knows Jabari Small, little little tank over there. But uh, I got him in the seven hundred yard mark with seven rushing touchdowns because I mean, as long as he stays healthy, um, I think he'll have a good year. And a lot of people don't realize that Tennessee runs the ball more than we pass it. So I think it's very realistic. And then we got Dylan Sampson. Um, Dylan Sampson's really good. I, I think he should play. Honestly, if it was up to me, it'd be Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson have uh, Jabari small come off as the third, but I got Dylan Sampson at like 440 yards three rushing touchdowns and a one receiving touchdown. Uh, he could do more. Uh, you know, there's no – he could definitely do more. But, you know, between having that many running backs in a room, it's kind of hard to just say, oh, yeah, they're all going to break, you know, 800 yards. It's, you know, not really realistic. Right. But those guys – every one of those guys could definitely – you know, they can be a 1,000-yard rushers if, you know, everything went right, you know, but – like I said, being that deep, it's kind of hard to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, running backs, both of our teams, man, it's like, like I said, mirrored to a T. Uh, even, like the biggest thing is the wide receiver room. And the way I look at Kentucky's is Kentucky's is pretty intense. Like I, I'm actually really interested to what you have for your, uh, especially Barry and Brown, because Barry and Brown is getting a lot of hype and he definitely deserves it. So um, kind of interested what you got. Well, kind of inserting a little bit of a bold take here, and maybe it's not a bold take. Maybe this is like common knowledge, but I think this is by a large margin the most talented receiver room that the University of Kentucky has ever had from like on paper talent wise. Um, Barry on Brown, former borderline five star recruit who was one of the best receivers in the SEC last year as a true freshman. Um uh, I have him going for 845 yards and eight touchdowns this year. I think he will be our number one target. Um, his speed, he's one of the fastest players in the country. He had the fastest recorded in-game running speed last year in the country. Um, that dude has a burner on him. And, uh, you know, I think the game that really convinced me that he was – I mean, not, he was 
showing flashes for the majority of the year, but then against Georgia, he was dusting Keely Ringo. Like he had, I think he had over a hundred receiving yards. He had a receiving touchdown against Georgia. Like he was going crazy on the best defense in the country and, um, you know, made some contested catches. He's improving his route running. You know, obviously that speed is going to be big. We're going to be able to utilize him in, you know, screens and but also in deep balls and slants and stuff like that I think he's going to be our number one guy as a sophomore but then our other true freshman from last year Dane Key who put up similar numbers and Dane Key actually broke the UK freshman receiving touchdown record last year Um, so everybody was kind of talking about Marion Brown but Dane Key broke the freshman receiving record at Kentucky last season Um, and he's more of our lob threat you know I'm sure most I'm sure a lot of people have seen the the big catch he had against Florida where he went up and mossed the DB for the touchdown Um, but I've got him going for 685 receiving yards and also eight touchdowns um, just being our red zone threat kind of you know throwing uh, goal line fades to him in the end zone I think that's going to be a big thing for him um, and then our slot receiver Tavion Robinson who is a fifth year senior transfer from Virginia Tech he didn't get used properly last year by Rich Scangarello but the last time we had a slot receiver when Liam Cohen was calling plays was Wandale Robinson who is the greatest receiver in Kentucky history statistically um, and I think Tavion is going to have a really good season as the third option with 500 yards and five touchdowns. I think those are really solid numbers for a slot receiver. He's just probably not going to get the ball as much as the other two because they're just so dynamic, but he would probably be wide receiver one on a lot of teams in the country. So I don't know if that's also a bold take. And then former four-star Dekel Crowdis is going into his junior year. Um, he's been waiting to break out for a while now, but since we have those top three guys, I have him going for 210 yards and a touchdown. And then we have two four-star true freshmen that are coming in, Anthony Brown and Shamar Porter. I have Brown going for 160 yards and one touchdown and Shamar Porter going for 110 yards. And I think those will be our main contributors in the wide receiver room. Yeah. I actually think you were being generous with Barry and Brown, to be honest, because I, like I said, I mean, it depends on who who's throwing to him which, you know, Devin Leary should, you know, he said it multiple times, but, uh, but I could see him at 920, 950, even a thousand. If, if, you know, he shows up every game, you know, a lot of receivers have that one game where they just don't do anything. Right. Um, but if he plays every game, I definitely don't doubt, you know, he does even more than that. Yeah. Um, but, it's crazy because, you know, as we talk about Tennessee's is like a lot of people think Brew McCoy is going to be the guy. And with four really good, talented wide receivers on our end, I just don't know. Now, don't get me wrong. Brew McCoy is going to do normal stuff that like, like he did last year. I mean, uh, he had what, 660 yards last year. So right now I got him at 725 yards with seven touchdowns this year. Um, it really isn't a lot of people think he might even do more, but I just he kind of reminds me of uh, who'd you say is your D you said Dan Key, right? Dan Key's your mm-hmm. uh, lob ball to me. That's that's Brew McCoy, he's he's the big guy, he's gonna be the one that you toss it up in the end zone, maybe in the red zone or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got Ramel Keaton, Ramel Keaton. I'm hearing a lot of things and he could do more than what I predicted, but I got him at 610 yards with six touchdowns. Um, and then squirrel white, this is where it gets kind of iffy for me because you got squirrel white and Dante Thornton, both, you know, the slot receivers, who's going to be the main guy because there's, and I was generous for both, but 
if Squirrel White's the main guy, I could see Squirrel White 800 yards and maybe like six touchdowns with his speed and kind of reminding me of a Jalen Hyatt. But if Dante Thornton's the guy, I think Dante Thornton could be a thousand yard receiver. But on my prediction, I put like 770 yards for him and seven touchdowns. But if he, like I said, if he's the guy, he could have way more than that. I think his talent, speed, his size, and if Joe could give him the ball, uh, you know, there's way more up there. And then I got, you know, Caleb Webb. Caleb Webb, I got at 180 yards with one touchdown. Uh, they're going to try and keep him involved this way. Uh, he doesn't go into the portal at the end of the year. You got to try and keep these guys involved. Um, but also Nathan Leacock, I got at 135 yards and a touchdown. Uh, those are the two main guys, really, that you really want to keep interested in staying in Tennessee and helping build this program because we're about to lose uh, probably Brew McCoy, Ramel Keaton. If Dante Thornton has the year I think he's going to have, we'll lose him. And, you know, we need these guys to step up for next year. But um, now hopping into the tight ends, I mean, you guys have a lot of good tight ends, and we don't really use ours really that much. So I'm not really excited about ours, but I'm kind of interested in yours. Yeah, I it was really hard for me to predict our guys because I think we have four tight ends who could be the starter. Um, It is this is the deepest tight end like I am if we're if we're talking more bold predictions, I think other than Georgia, this is the best tight end room in the entire country. Like I truly believe that Um, Jordan Dingle was a freshman last year and was a great tight end for us. He was our best tight end last season. He's a he's a great hybrid guy. He's quick enough to like beat linebackers in man coverage, um, but he's also a great uh, blocker. Um, so he can kind of do it all. I've got him at 350 yards and three touchdowns, which these aren't flashy numbers specifically because I just think we're going to spread it around so much. Um, so it's like they're not going to put up crazy numbers, but like these are all great players. Um, and then we got Isaiah Cummings, who I have at 300 yards and three touchdowns. He was a wide receiver coming out of high school, but he was a big one. He was like 6'4", 6'5", wide receiver, and we moved him to tight end. And he said he models his game after Kyle Pitts uh, from Florida a couple of years ago. And I definitely see that as just like a long, lanky, fast tight end who's an elite receiving threat. Um, in 2021, when Liam Cohen was here, he used him as an H back. You know, he used him as a receiving threat as a tight end all the time. But last year under Rich Gangarello, it's like he was just like, well, you're not a big blocking tight end, so I'm not going to use you. So Isaiah Cummings barely played last season. Um, but I think with Cohen back, he's going to get reinserted back into the offense. Um, and then Josh Caddis, who's arguably better than the first two as an overall tight end, he's the best. He's like an extension of the O line because of how great of a blocker he is. But he also, showed flashes as a receiving threat last season as a true freshman um, 200 receiving yards and two touchdowns is my prediction for him this year. Just because again, it could be higher. He could end up being our best tight end uh, this season, but it's just hard to predict with how many good guys we have. And then the last guy in that tight end room is sixth year senior Brendan Bates, who was a former four-star recruit. He's been a staple of the offense for the last few years and, and decided to stick around also a really well-rounded great blocker. Um, I have him going for 115 yards and one receiving touchdown this year. And then I didn't even put this down, but we have a true freshman four-star receiver named or a tight end named Kamari Anderson, who is a freak as well. And the only reason I don't have him down is just because he's a true freshman and probably won't play over these other guys. But in the future, Kamari Anderson is a name to look out for. 
Yeah, man. Like I like I said before, even list those off. You guys, the room is way bigger than ours. And I mean, Tennessee, the the hard thing is with us is we don't really throw to the tight ends as much. Um, really a receiver running back type thing. But um but yeah, dude, I don't doubt it. I I'd be surprised. I'm I'm a big uh, Isaiah guy. I think Isaiah's gonna be a big one for you guys. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, I won't even really waste time with our tight end room. I think uh, I think Jacob uh, Warren's going to have 190 yards with a touchdown. Um, I got the only really this is kind of a bold prediction, but McAllen Castles I think will catch a couple. You know, he'll he'll do pretty well this year. I got him at like 310 yards with four touchdowns, just because of how big he is. The guy, I mean, the guy, the past two seasons he's averaged I think 300 yards. Um, but then I got Ethan Davis. Ethan Davis, I got 140 yards with a touchdown. And then I got Hunter Salmon with like 20 yards. The guy, he plays many of snaps, but he he hasn't even broke. I, th- I think 20 yards would be his most in a season, yeah. if uh, if anything. But um, but yeah, man, I think I think these two teams, man, I can't wait to watch this game, to be honest. I'm going mm-hmm. to the game, too. It's, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, hopefully we win so I don't have to deal with all the Kentucky fans on the way out. But <laughs> um. But yeah, it's God, dude. The season's gonna be so interesting. We're so close, man. Um, now I want to go into bold predictions. Like, let's go. I'll, let's go one by one. Uh, what is your biggest bold prediction for Kentucky? Because I have one for Kentucky as well. But I'm gonna let you go first. My biggest bold prediction for Kentucky is actually um, one you're gonna love for sure. It's <laughs> kind of like a an extent. It's like a couple bold predictions back to back, but they're all connected. Yeah. Um, the first is that UK will beat Tennessee. I talked about that in right. my uh, the, in our in our last podcast. Um, where I basically was just, I, I think this is the year. I think that the talent levels are similar. I think that this program is so hungry to beat you guys, man. I mean, it's <laughs> just ridiculous. The, the, yeah, it's going to be wild. That game the ways sure. we find to lose to you guys is just insane. And I just think, <laughs> I think the talent is comparable. I think Kroger field is going to be packed out. I think that environment's going to be insane. And I just think, you know, as long as we're healthy, as long as Leary's healthy, as long as our, you know, we don't lose Barry on Brown or Ray Davis or something. And as long as our defense is what I think it's going to be, I think we beat Tennessee. And then when we do, we'll be in the top 10 after beating you guys. I think we'll be in the top 10. And then because we're in the top 10 and Devin Leary will be having such a good season up to that point, I think he will enter Heisman conversations. If we beat you guys, enter the top 10 and he's having the year I think he's going to have, I think Devin Leary will start to be talked about as a potential Heisman candidate. So that's probably my boldest prediction when it comes to Kentucky this year. See, I don't doubt, I don't, well, I do doubt the, doubt the first one, but that's because <laughs> I'm being biased. But if I was on the outside looking in, it's definitely possible. I mean, right. you'd be, you have, you know, the homers that'll tell you, no, nah, it's never happening. It's, you know, we're, you're never going to beat us again type thing. It's, it's college football. I mean, it's very possible. Right. Okay. Plus your home. But uh, Devin Leary, definitely. If if everything goes right, I could definitely see him being one. Yeah. I mean, you'd be silly not to. Yeah. But my bold prediction for Kentucky, and a lot of people, maybe even Kentucky fans, might find me crazy for this one. But I think one year trap game for Georgia. I have you guys beaten Georgia in Athens. If everyone's healthy, <laughs> if everyone is healthy. Oh, I and I'm not saying you guys are gonna blow them out, but right. 
I for some reason don't know why. I feel like Athens isn't going to be as loud and as crazy when Kentucky comes to town. Yeah. As like, cause when we came to town last year, that was, that was it. That was the game. Like they needed to win that game. We needed to win that game. It was loud. So I'm not saying it's not going to be crazy cause it's Athens, but still, I just, ha- I don't know what it is, man. I just have every team has that one game. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's Georgia's one game where they're going to be sleeping. Well, we almost did it last year. Uh, you know, they were number one and I don't think they came in and I don't think they took us very seriously. And I think the final score was like 16 to six. If our offense wasn't so horrific last year, I mean, well, there's I mean, a George's defense is, was nuts too. So well, it was like, I mean, it was, was looking good for a while. Like Levis to Barry on Brown. That was a great connection against Georgia last year. We just couldn't put the ball in the end zone, but we held them to 16 points and all that. So I, I don't think it's that crazy of a prediction. I don't think it's going to happen just because it's in Athens and because they're Georgia. But I do think I, I agree with it being a trap game just from them probably not going to take this what, too seriously. What week is it? I don't even know. I think I, it's, it's, it's midseason. I'm going to have to look. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that rolls into mine. I think my bold prediction is because a lot of people having us losing to Bama and Georgia – some even have us losing to Kentucky, like you said. Um, but my thing is, I think we're going to flip-flop Alabama-Georgia this year. I think we'll end up losing in Tuscaloosa and beating Georgia at home, which any Tennessee fan will tell you, we'd rather that happen anyway Yeah, because we win the East right. if everything goes right. Right. We can't lose to you guys at that point. If we lose to you guys, then it's whatever. I was about to say, if we're taking yeah. in both of your bold predictions, then y'all uh, yeah, yeah. or that we beat – Georgia and y'all beat Georgia. That'd be well. That would make the Kentucky and Tennessee, Tennessee game, game. have a That's lot, true. a lot of meeting. That's for We're the talk East. about crazy. Talk yeah. about crazy. That'd be crazy. I'm telling you, man. That'd be wild. But um, yeah. It's I mean, it's definitely not out of the because I think um, God, I think Georgia Stetson Bennett. I get he was a walk on. But Stetson Bennett, to me, is a good quarterback. Look at what he's doing in the preseason. He's, he's a great good. quarterback, yeah. And, I mean, they got Brock Bowers but and a talented wide receiver room. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're loaded. I think they're yeah. better. their offense is better than it was Dude, last They have, like, 35 five-stars on their team. It's kind of – it's, like, I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, like, Lad McConkey is a great receiver. You bring in Dominic Lovett from Mizzou. You got Brock Bowers. You got Ra-Ra Thomas. You got, I mean, their running back room probably won't be what it usually is, but other than, I mean, I think yeah, Carson Beck. Just imagine, is, like, can you imagine if, like, Nick Chubb was on this team? Goodbye. They're, it they're wouldn't be, I don't think destroying anyone. Destroying everybody. Yeah, I don't think anyone could ever topple that, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, you guys have, you guys have week six. You guys okay. have Georgia week six after the Florida game. But uh, I still think it's a trap game because – What's Georgia's schedule looking like at that point? I mean, they play South Carolina and Auburn, which the Auburn game's another trap game. I think they could lose because it's on the road. I think Auburn is terrible. I don't think Auburn's gonna really? be good at all. I think Auburn's gonna be a surprise. They, ha- they don't they don't have a QB. Their receiver room is, is bad. True. They got Jarquez Hunter, but they lost Tank Bigsby. Like, I don't think that offense is gonna be good at all, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hop into my bold bold prediction for Tennessee really is, I mean, it's really not bold because I already posted it multiple times on Twitter that I have is going 11-1, beating Georgia and losing to Alabama. 
that's if everything goes right. But if we beat Georgia, I think we win the SEC championship. And I think if we win the SEC championship, hoping Georgia's not still in it because I don't think we beat Georgia twice. Right. But if let's say Georgia's not in it, I think they win the natty. But if we have to play Georgia again, probably not. I just right. don't see us. I feel like, especially with it being in Neyland this year, it's like the only, you know, I do think we have the better quarterback. I think uh, they have the better defense, obviously, but, and the better offensive line for, but I mean, having a game at home, you know, uh, you know, as much as the next guy is, is huge in college football. Yeah. And, I uh, think the SEC this year has so many great storylines. Like what's going to happen with Florida? Can LSU, you know, follow up on last year? Kentucky's looking really good in the preseason. Can Tennessee follow up on what they did last season? Is Georgia going to fall off? Is Bama, you know, is Nick Saban done? Like, is Bama going to get back to where they used to be? Missouri has a ton to prove. South Carolina has a chip on their shoulder. Like the whole SEC this year is just like every team has a crazy – storyline like every team could be good or could be bad like there's just this is one of the like going into this season this is the most like even i think the conference has been in so long because for so long oh, yeah bama running through everyone or you know the last then couple it turned years, to, yeah then it or, turned to bama and georgia yeah and then now it's like yeah georgia's probably still number one but when we're looking at the number two team in the conference there's probably four or five teams that have a have like a, a, a case for that. And I think that's not something that has happened in the SEC in a long time. Even Vanderbilt. I mean, Vanderbilt looks like they're like, I mean, they're probably going to be the worst team again this year in the SEC, but yeah. they're going to be better than they were. And I just think Clark Lee's doing a good job over there. Like I, I you know, obviously can Mississippi state do what they got to do, um, you know, with a new coach and Ole Miss Lane Kiffin, like yeah. they got three starting caliber quarterbacks, like every single team. This has a crazy storyline. AM. Uh, is it time to fire Jimbo if he has another bad year? <laughs> you know, they're loaded. Uh, every, literally every team. Now, can is, we both agree, though? Like, I mean, Florida's not winning over four games. I don't think they will. I think that they, I mean, they got talent on defense, and they have, in my opinion, the best running back room in the conference, just with those top two guys, Etienne and Johnson. I think those two are like the best two-headed monster maybe in the country in, in terms of running back room. But yeah, Graham Mertz is a terrible quarterback. They have one decent receiver, and that's Ricky Pearsall, who would probably be a wide receiver two or three on most other SEC teams. So I, I'm not – I don't think Florida is going to be great. Um, I could see them going six and six maybe or surprising everybody and going like eight and four, but I think it's just as likely they win four games. Yeah, I, I, I mean, realistic, like if I had to choose – I mean, they're over under for wins this year is five and a half, and I took the under like as fast as I could, yeah. Because it's de- definitely possible. But um, I mean, rolling into that, I mean, another bold prediction is uh, well, I actually already talked about that. Like I said, Joe Milton, I have being a Heisman finalist, but that's if everything goes right. Because uh, you know, at another point, you could have Nico starting by game. Four because if I think, I think if Joe goes in and say we lose to Florida, I think that raises some questions because then you're like, okay, this season is probably not going where we need it to be. 
then it's like, why waste the time and why not bring in Nico to get some experience in these games for next year? That was going to be my Tennessee bold prediction is that halfway through the season, y'all are going to, this is just, I'm not saying this will happen, but just as a potential, like bold prediction, I think that Milton, there's a good shot. Milton just looks like the same guy he's been his whole college career. Like he wasn't good in Michigan threw more picks than touchdowns came over here or came over to Tennessee. It was the starter. Didn't play very well. Got benched for hooker, sat behind hooker for two years. Now he's finally in his fifth season and this is it. Like it's, if he hasn't fixed those accuracy issues and if he hasn't fixed the decision-making, that's going to be an issue. So I think Nico is extremely talented. Um, you know, five star. What was he like? The number two quarterback in the class. Yeah, he was just behind Arch Manning. So I mean, the, and he's what six five. Like I think the it, issue. With, yeah, the issue with Nico, in my opinion, is just his frame. He's got to put some muscle on. But other than that, I mean, I think he definitely has the potential. So yeah, I mean, if you guys are getting halfway through the year and Milton's not getting it done, I think it would be probably pretty smart to throw Nico in there and be like, hey, you got six games to, you know, we're. I feel like if y'all have to do that, you're probably not looking at like a super successful season by that point. No, not at all. Not if at you all. have to bench Milton. So at that point, it's just you you spend the rest of the year trying to get Nico uh, acclimated to the college game and acclimated to the offense and, you know, chemistry with his receivers and stuff like that. But I think it'll be interesting to watch because I'm like, I flip flop almost every day on how I feel about Milton because like up to this point, Five years into his career, he hasn't done anything to prove that he is what Tennessee fans think he's going to be. But I, I see the potential. I like he has the most arm talent I think I've ever seen, other than maybe Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. He's got the arm strength, but like arm talent, I take into account touch and you know accuracy and stuff. But he's got the strongest arm I've probably ever seen. So it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how it goes. Well, you'll be shocked though because uh, the podcast that released today actually. The Florida State guy had sporadics on to talk about football and, you know, all their stuff going on. But at the end, he asked me a very interesting question. He's like, you know, which Joe Milton are you going to get? And, you know, of course, I said, I think we get the Joe Milton that we want to get. And he made a good point. He goes, I don't care what anyone says, but if you go into, you know, even a couple games, the dude went in, and don't matter who it's against, but the dude went in and had ten touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah, that's a good. That's good for any you know backup quarterback for sure. And I just don't, I don't see him doing bad enough to be taken out. Yeah, and I think he'll be playing all year, unless something crazy happens. Like I said, if they go in, they lose to Florida, and then. You know, they lose another game. Then, yes, Nico will have to – everyone's going to be clawing at the gates saying, hey, put Nico in, let's go. Yeah. You know? I just remember but, Tennessee fans, like – I mean, it was kind of like when he was starting over Hooker a couple of years ago and he wasn't doing too well. Like, the amount of – I mean, every single Tennessee fan on Twitter hated Joe Milton. They're like, get this man off the field. And then <laughs> what was it against Ole Miss that he, like, ran out of bounds? Yep, right at the end. And like, that's just, I mean, you got to be more cerebral than that. So it's like, I, I remember, I just remember how much y'all hated him basically. Um, obviously not everybody, but just as a consensus, it was just like, get Joe Milton off the field. And now it's like, he's winning the Heisman. He's, he's <laughs> the best quarterback in the country. I'm just like, bro, he, he's got to, he's got to prove it first in my opinion. But I, I think that with his talent, plus the system, plus the receivers, 
he's going to be good. Like, I, I think he will be fine. Well, and you know what? And this is where we have to really learn to see if we could trust Josh Heupel. Like, not in his coaching ability. Obviously, he's done that. But even with just the press, like, he he is talking a lot of good things about Joe. And if he's the guy we know he is, which is the quarterback guru, and this offense, like we said multiple times, is a quarterback offense, I just, there's no reason he shouldn't be good. Yeah. That's all I'm saying about it. But uh, we've been talking about Joe Milton for the past like 30 <laughs> minutes. So it's like, um, but yeah. Uh, anyways, another interesting one. What is your, it, I don't even care what sport it is. What is your favorite win that Kentucky has ever had over Tennessee? I think uh, for me, it's it's actually just a really easy answer. Um, twenty seventeen, when you guys came to Kroger Field, I don't th- you know I don't think you were good that year, but that doesn't even matter because even when y'all suck and we're good, you beat us. But Stephen Johnson was our quarterback, who's probably my favorite UK quarterback that I've seen in my lifetime. He's just very underrated, very good dual threat. He was just a dog. He played through injury all the time. He was injured that game, and. I don't remember what the score was, but we were down, I think, three or five or something. And there's like a couple minutes left and we're in the red zone and we need to score badly. And he takes off front flips over two Tennessee defenders into the end zone scores. We win the game. And I think that's just one of the most hyped moments uh, I can remember watching Kentucky football, just watching him put his body on the line. He was already injured. He was banged up. And he didn't care. Like he just dove. He literally just leaped over two Tennessee defenders, got hit midair, front flipped, landed on his back. I'm like, are you dead? Like, are you good? Like that <laughs> had to have hurt. And he just gets up and you know, celebrating and stuff. So I think that's probably my favorite one. And then I mean, the only close second would probably be um, you know, when we walked into Neyland and destroyed y'all a couple years ago and <laughs> the uh Garantano threw two pick sixes in the first half and we won that game like I don't even remember what it was like 30 something to seven or something, but that's probably number two, just cause it was fun to, that's probably the only time in the last 60 years we've destroyed you guys in a football game. So. Oh yeah, for sure. See mine, mine's pretty recent, not last year, but I think you know where I'm going with this, but 2021 when we went to Lexington and what a game, man. Oh, hell of and, a game. And I mean, Hen and Hooker. I mean, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Will Levis with three three touchdowns, one interception. It was like such an incredible game to watch. And I mean, to me, the reason I picked this one is it's away. We were at Kroger Field. We come away with the win. It's uh, to me like kind of boosted Josh Heupel's like confidence going into the following year. Um, and same thing with Hen and Hooker. I mean, when you win a game like that on the road. You know, all the confidence you get from that, mm-hmm. you know, I think that boosted him for the next year as well. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's definitely one of my uh, all time favorites against each other. Um, but there's plenty to go, you know, go around of good games, you know. So that game, uh, Levis actually had a, he had a very similar play to the one I was talking about from Steven Johnson, where he, we were like in the exact same yardage situation in the red zone. Yeah. Levis took off, jumped, front flipped over a defender, scored the rushing touchdown. It was like identical. I remember I, like right after that, I posted a video on Twitter where they, the two plays were side by side and they were just literally the exact same thing. Yeah. So that was a fun moment. Lev, that was one of Levis's better games of his career. 
I have a little bit of beef with that game, though, for sure. I mean, 45-42 was a great game, high scoring, just a ton of fun. Both offenses firing on all cylinders. Um, there was a missed face mask on that last drive. It was like third down. Levis is like he's going back. The pocket collapses, takes off for like a six or seven yard run. Get, I mean, he gets a whole face just ripped to the side. It was the most blatant face mask of all time. Missed it. Next thing you know, it's fourth down and uh, fourth and long. We throw the ball uh, in, in completion, and that's the game right there. But that made me, I don't know if I've ever been that mad at a miss. I don't call. think that ever happened though. Hmm. Um, it did. I'm going to find a picture if you want. Like most blatant fa- uh, face mask of all time. I think crazy. you could ask any Tennessee fan. I, I just, we just don't recall that play at all. It was so funny because after that game, Tennessee <laughs> fans were all on, look, y'all are just making excuses. 45, uh, 42, 45, 42. You guys love doing that. What is with that? You guys love just posting the score. And like anytime there's an argument or anything, it's like logic goes out the window. It's like, mm, 44 to six. Oh, 44 to six, 45, 43, 42, whatever it was. So the, the way I look at it, man, is like, so my Twitter personality is definitely different to when I'm on, like just talking to somebody right. but like Twitter's Twitter. So like, I mean, it's, it's so much fun to troll other fan bases. I don't know if you saw my meme today, like in, early in the morning, but I posted a thing of uh, a guy sitting watching someone beat up, Eli Drinkwitz with Josh Heupel's face on it. And yeah. I had other teams in the trash can and all that stuff that do. I love doing that. You know, it gets the, you and Astro the, both do that like so much with the, with the memes. Oh dude, we love it. We will wait till football season. That's yeah. a face mask, dude. Yeah. You Photoshop that. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Hey, That's just crazy. for, if anyone's just listening on Apple podcasts, he just showed me a picture that was a hundred percent Photoshop. Uh-huh. Never totally, happened. totally was not a whole fistful of face <laughs> mask or anything. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, and if anyone's wondering, by the way, we are having a Will Levis a Will Levis episode soon. Once Astro could get his uh butt online, and uh, we we're gonna have a fun episode just of you know Will Levis. And um, anyways, I want to hop into the next topic. That's the East. What an interesting year it's gonna be. I mean. You got, you got Georgia, obviously, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, and all the rest of the team suck. So it's what I mean. It's gonna be interesting. I, I, you know, I'm kind of curious on what your thoughts are on how the East rolls out. Yeah, I um, I'm kind of distracted at the moment because my camera is extremely out of focus <laughs> since I did that. I'm- uh, okay, I guess we're just gonna have it's to roll. You know it. why it happened? It's because you were showing. It's because I showed that obviously photoshopped face mask. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. That's it's why my, people. I mean, it's my karma for photoshopping it. But um, <laughs> in terms of the East, uh, yeah, I actually posted a graphic on Twitter earlier today. Um, but in terms of the East standings, I've got Georgia winning the East again. I just think that the talent on both sides of the ball, I think they improved offensively, even though they were a great offense last year. And then they're just going to reload on defense like they always do. But then I got Tennessee coming in second. Even though I have Kentucky beating Tennessee, I still think you guys finish with a better record than us. I have us going 9-3. and three. I have y'all going 10-2. and two. Yeah. Um, So I have you guys at number two. And I got Kentucky at number three. I think that we are better than South Carolina. South Carolina fans refuse to admit it because they're like, well, we beat you last year. It's like, yeah. 
we didn't have our, our quarterback was out and there was all kinds of uh, circumstances that led to that. I think we are a better team than South Carolina. I got Missouri at five. Um, I actually think Missouri's solid. Like, I don't think they're a bad team, but I just don't think they're better than the teams ahead of them. I got Florida at six. Don't trust Graham Mertz. Don't trust that receiving core. Don't trust Billy Napier. They have talent, but I don't think they're going to be able to put it together. I got Vandy coming in last in the East, unfortunately. I, I think they have a great quarterback wide receiver duo. AJ Swan is a very underrated quarterback. And um, uh, Will Shepard is one of the better receivers in the SEC, in my opinion. He was fantastic last year. So I think that I think that the uh, Vanderbilt's going to be a good team. I just like up to their standards, they're going to be a good team. But just as a whole in the SEC, they're probably still the worst team in the SEC. But Vandy reminds me like Clark Lee at Vandy reminds me a little bit of when Stoops first started at Kentucky, just kind of taking a poverty program to be quite frank and, you know, kind of bolstering it a little bit. Um, I don't know if he's having the recruiting success Stoops was having, but I definitely think that Vanderbilt is more formidable than they were before for sure. What now I want to talk about Vanderbilt for a second. I'm down in all reality. It's a very potential thing. Well, I, me personally, I think, I think they should walk in to, well, actually you guys go to them, but they should go into Nashville against you guys for and out. Yeah, I think so. My I mean, opinion. They, they got a cakewalk first or first few games for sure. The only one I could say, maybe they potentially lose is wake forest, but I, don't know. I still think they win that game yeah. or they should. Um, but I think they lose to you guys, but I think they could beat Missouri and they can beat Florida. Very possible. It's, it's in the swamp, but, I mean, it's very possible they, they beat, beat Florida last year. last year. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, dude, if that happens, they're what six and one at that point. I want them to make a bowl game so bad, dude. Dude, I want that. Like, I hate Vanderbilt just because it's another Tennessee team. But dude, that'd be so funny if they could just. It's they just have. That's what I have a feeling that's gonna happen. Is I have a feeling they'll end up going like six and one, and then they hit their like last stretch of games where it's Lose all of Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, <laughs> South Carolina, and Tennessee. So they're just going to, they could end up losing their Dude, last five games. That is literally what happened in the beginning of the Stoops era. We like they're like the, his third season, I think we started off five and zero, oh, and then we lost seven games in a row. We started off five and zero, oh, lost seven in a row, missed the bowl game. Oh, I remember that. You guys thinking, Oh yeah, this is it. This is the year. I mean, yeah, you start off five and zero. Oh, you're beating. Yeah. You're pumped. That was us last year. And- Everyone's like, Oh, Tennessee's going to go undefeated. They're going to go. Because last year, I'm going to tell you right now, I was so confident going into Georgia last year. Yeah. Because, I mean, the season you're having, it's like, holy holy shit, we just beat Alabama. Yeah. Like, we can do this. Mm-hmm. You know? But that's going to happen to Vanderbilt. I can guarantee you that. I have a feeling they're going to go like 6-1 and one and then just lose the last five games, which is fine because all the last five games are, like, definitely losable games. Yeah. But, you know, they're not going. They're not going to beat South Carolina at South Carolina, and they're not going to beat Tennessee and Neyland. Um, they're not going to go to Ole Miss and beat Ole Miss. No. And I mean, they have Georgia at home. I actually might go to that game just because it's like so close. But I would love to just be able to watch Georgia again. Be, but watch I'm Georgia pretty sure forty-eight. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> 48's being generous. They should beat them by like fifty plus. Yeah. But uh. But yeah, you know, let's uh, and I'll go with my predictions and I'm biased, of course, but I'm trying to be unbiased at the same time. Um, But I have flip flop. I have Tennessee at one 
and that's only because we go 11 1 and we beat Georgia. Georgia at two, 11 1 with only loss to us. And then I have you guys at three. I I know you have it nine and three. It's very possible for you guys to go 10 and two. You just have to sneak in. Like I said, you just have to sneak in that one game. And realistically, if my bold prediction comes right, you guys might even sneak into the two spot. This is if everything goes wrong for Georgia. Yeah. But if everything goes right, I think one, one Tennessee, two Georgia, three you guys, then South Carolina, then Missouri. This is where I have a flip-flop. I actually have Vanderbilt at six and Florida at seven. That's definitely and, possible. And like I said, if that if that happens, that scenario happens, I see Tennessee winning the, the SEC championship. Um, but anyways, I want to talk about the West, too. I, I mean, screw it. We're, we already did the East. Might Let's talk well. about the West. So what do you think? So with the West, man, I think LSU does it again. I really do. I think that uh, Jaden Daniels is a great quarterback. I think their talent they, – they have arguably the best receiver in the SEC with Malik Neighbors. Um, you know, they got some guy, the running back rooms a little bit unproven, but I think they got talent there as well. And then I think they have the best defensive player in the entire country, Harold Perkins. I think that dude will be a top five pick in the NFL in the future. He was a true freshman last year and was the best linebacker in the SEC as a true freshman. Like he is a dog. So I think that defense is going to be pretty solid as well, um, led by Harold Perkins. I think LSU wins the West again this year. When they first hired Brian Kelly, dude, I was like, that is so stupid. Like, he never did anything of note at Notre Dame. Like, he's not he's a northerner. He's not going to come down to the bayou and fit in. And it was so corny when he got down there and started faking the southern accent and taking those cringy recruiting visit videos. Yeah, he can't be Coach O. Yeah, no. And I was just like, dude, stop. Like, just be yourself <laughs> and coach that team, and they will like you. And he did. I mean, he he. after all the preseason crap, uh, he he finally just shut up and started coaching football, and they were great. Um, maybe not great, but they won the West. So I think they do it again. I think that they're better than Alabama this year. I, I Bama just lost the best quarterback in school history, and they still don't know who the starter is going to be. If it's Jalen Milrow, he can't throw the ball. Yeah, what, what do we have, nine days? Yeah, if it's Jalen Milrow, he is not going to be an elite passer of the ball. At least not going to be any, at least not anywhere near what Bryce Young was. Yeah, and then if it's Ty Simpson, we don't know anything about the guy, and he's looking like the third guy right now. And then if it's Tyler Buckner, he was garbage at Notre Dame. He's not going to walk exactly. into Bama and be an elite quarterback. So and their and their wide receivers aren't as good as they're used to. Jermaine Burton and Ja'Cory Brooks, like Jermaine Burton, was is a average SEC receiver. Yeah, and he hits and, with females. And yes, he that was crazy, by the way. The um, fact that he didn't get punished, yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Ja'Cory Brooks is talented, but, I mean, they lost, like, some dudes out of that receiver room. And then their running back, uh, Jason McClellan, is not up to Bama standards, in my opinion. But still, just with the talent level, uh, you know, across the board, um, both defensive and offensive, I think they'll do enough to be the second-best team in the West. And then I got Ole Miss at three. I mean, Ole Miss is uh, – other than Georgia and Tennessee, probably the best offense in the SEC uh, up to this point. I don't know if they'll probably be on a similar level to Kentucky this year, but like Lane Kiffin is just known for those high-powered offenses. Looks like they're going with Jackson's dart as the starter. I really thought it would be Spencer Sanders. You know, I, I don't see why he would use his last year of eligibility to ride the bench at Ole Miss, but I guess that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. I think Dart's a good quarterback. I think they've got talent at receiver. They got some really talented transfers in the receiving room. Um, their defense is a little iffy, but I, I got Ole Miss at three. I got AM at four. I think, uh, you know, the talent, Connor Weigman is a great quarterback. He's going to be really good. Evan Stewart's going to be their best receiver. He's extremely talented, and they just have five stars everywhere just from Jimbo's recruiting. 
But can Jimbo coach them to being a decent team? I don't know. That's why they're at four. Got Arkansas at five. KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders is a great backfield, but their receiving course sucks. Their tight end course sucks, and they lost a lot off their defense, so I don't know how I feel about them. Mississippi State lost Mike Leach, so I don't know how that's going to go. They don't have a clear-cut wide receiver one. Um, Will Rogers is a good quarterback, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. And they got Auburn last in the West. I just don't. I mean, it's either going to be Robbie Ashford, who has sucked for them the last two years at quarterback, or it's going to be Peyton Thorne, who was average at Michigan State and then now is apparently not doing very good in camp. Um, you know, they. I just don't think they have uh, – their, their best receivers at Jackson State transfer, Shane Hooks, who I don't think is all that good. Um, I don't think their receiving room is very good as a whole. They lost Tank Bigsby out of the backfield, and Jarquez Hunter is a good running back. I don't know if he's going to be good enough. Their defense might be okay. I don't know, but I got Auburn as the worst team in the West. Yeah, you know, and it's crazy. I kind of have the West a lot different, and you you might laugh at this, but, you know, I don't disagree with yours. I mean, it's definitely probably the most realistic way it can end up right there. But to me, I definitely have LSU at one. I mean, we both agree they they should win the West, and if everything goes right, I, I I don't see them beating Georgia in the SEC championship. I just don't. If Georgia gets to that point, which they should, I think they walk to an Addy at that point. Mm. But anyway, I got LSU at one. This is where it gets crazy. Okay, this is where it gets crazy. I actually have A and M at two. Interesting. And the only reason I don't have Bama there is people don't realize how stacked Bama's schedule is. And they have a rough, well, I think it's a five-game stretch that they're going to be beaten up. And I'm not saying they're going to lose like a crazy amount of games. It's possible, but but I got A&M at two, and then I have Bama. Because... The way I look at it is they can, they could potentially lose to Texas. They could then they have this stretch of Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A and M, uh, Arkansas, then Tennessee, then LSU, then Kentucky. It's like you, dude. Yeah, like, that's a gauntlet. And then, yeah, and then they play Chattanooga, whatever, and then they go to Auburn. So, and like you said. Dude, they don't even know who their quarterback is. How are you saying that these guys are going to go undefeated? And and don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing their team. Their team's great. But when you don't have a Bryce Young at the helm, it's a big difference, man. And I'm not saying, you know, they're going to get blown out by teams. But, dude, they lost to LSU and Tennessee last year, and they shouldn't have. Yeah. They had Bryce Young, yeah. the guy that potentially could have been a two-time Heisman. You know, I mean – Look at how he played at Tennessee. The dude's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anyone, what any Bama fan says. Like, I I have them at least losing three games. I can see it. And I get it's Nick Saban, but I think this is his retirement season. And uh, especially with the divisions ending and all that coming about with Texas and Oklahoma, yeah. why not leave? And I, I mean, leave on top. Don't do another season and then have another crappy season in Alabama standards and just go that route. But, yeah, I got Alabama at three, uh, Ole Miss at four, um, and then I got Auburn at five, Arkansas at six, and Mississippi State at seven. And Mississippi State could easily be in the four spot. I yeah. mean, 
they're lo- I'm not saying loaded with talent, but they're loaded with experience that they could they could potentially surprise a lot of people. And Will Rogers is a really good quarterback. It's very possible. I mean, like like we do predictions for a reason. I mean, it could happen. Um, but I think Alabama is going to be shocked with with the season they get this year because you, you heard me say that gauntlet. Like yeah. you play a lot of really good teams in a row, mm-hmm. and then plus Texas at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think te- the the Texas game is going to be the the all teller. If they lose that game season's going to be a rough one. Well, they almost lost to Texas last year, and Quinn Ewers got hurt in the first quarter, and the backup Hudson card came in, and they were you know, up three yards away from beating Bama last year. See, see and I think he's going to be way better this year. Yeah, I think Ewers is going to be really good. Yeah. yeah, he cut his mullet, and now he's like, I think he's a new man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he grew up. <laughs> yeah, but hey, man, I mean, wow, we're already an hour in. We could just, you know. You know, we're going nuts today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? Any questions or anything like that? Oh, man. I mean, I think that we touched on some good stuff today. I'm I'm definitely excited for uh, whenever we end up doing that uh, Will Levis episode with Astro because oh, yeah. he, he has like a I think I think a lot of Tennessee fans have like an unnatural hatred for Will Levis. But Astro's like on a different level, man. He hates him like he he literally like stopped being a Titans fan because they drafted Will Levis. So like. No, I thought that was a stupid move though too. But anyway, we'll save it for the Will Levis episode. Oh, we could. Aha, you, yeah. I'm about <laughs> we'll to. Go, I'm about it, to start it, going it. off, man. We gotta save, save this. Save it, save we gotta save, save it. it. We gotta save it. But anyways, guys, hey, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, make sure you can check us out. I'm Normal Ball Fan on Twitter. He's Kentucky Calvary on Twitter. Uh, you can find us anywhere, especially on Twitter. We're always doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um. Make sure you like and subscribe. It's all free. You could do it. it. We'd really appreciate it. And also, you could check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every other major streaming platform. Uh, like I said, I'm Norma Vaughn, and that's Kentucky Calvary. And this is the Beer Barrel Podcast.